Welcome back to Cases of Color, you guys. I am your host, Randy Baum, here with another riveting episode. This case actually inspired Cases of Color, so very short story, but I heard about this case. I heard about this case, and I was immediately just kind of called to action. For a while, I had kind of been in a drought uh, as far as content creation. And when I saw this case, it really hit me how important it is to discuss cases like this because this case received little to no coverage around the time that it occurred on top of the fact that this case felt very personal to me. I felt like this is something that can be a fear for Black people specifically going into a space where you are the minority person in this very private space, i.e. someone's home, where you are essentially outnumbered and then something bad happening to you and no one really knowing the truth. And unfortunately, I feel in my opinion, because I have to say that uh, so I don't get sued, I feel in my opinion that that is exactly what happened to Tamla Horsford. So I want to jump right into her story and talk a little bit about her. I will say, unlike other cases, there's not really much posted online about Tamla. From what I have researched, her husband was very adamant about keeping as much of her personal life, even her children's names and things like that, off of the internet. So I will not go too far into that. What I do want to say um, about Tamla is just some very specific things before we get into her case. And this one, honestly, for me, is really a lot about theories because they did a lot of open and shut stuff on this case. So anyways, I am rambling. Let's get into it. And before I get started, you guys, if you're not following Cases of Color on Instagram and Twitter, what is you doing? Okay, get on it. Follow at Cases of Color on Instagram and Twitter. Let's engage. Let's talk. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the content. Let's talk about the cases. And on that note, let's talk about Tamla Horsford. So Tamla Horsford was a 40-year-old mother of five children. From all accounts, a very kind woman, a very sweet woman, very involved in her children's life. She had five sons, and her involvement in her children's life is actually what led her to be where she was on the night um, that she ended up passing away. So Tamla Horsford was at a football mom's themed overnight birthday party for someone named Jeanne Myers. So Jeanne Myers was the person who owned the home. And when Tamla arrived, she had a bottle of tequila because it was one of those grown-up parties, you know, where you drink and you have fun. And that is when she was found dead, face down, with multiple blunt force injuries. Um, They were trying to say that that contributed to her death, but there was a lot more. So let's get into it. On November 3rd, Tamla left her home. She went to an adult sleepover. The sleepover was meant for football moms to get together and have some fun. And even though this was a sleepover meant for women, for some reason, there were three men present that were the significant others of some of the women there. Okay. 
Um, it's important to note that Tamla was the only black woman present. And I say that because some people don't understand sometimes how big of a fear that is for black people or people of color to be the only one of you there. Um, historically, black people in places where they are the only one end up dead, beaten, lynched, things of that nature. So with that being said, that can be a scary situation to be in as a black person me personally as a black person I have also been in situations where I have felt very uncomfortable because there was no one that looked like me that was present and I've honestly left things because I was the only person who did not look like me um, that was present and again that's not in all situations I have friends co-workers family members um, who are not black however when I'm around people who I don't know very well or people who I only know in an associate capacity, I could see how that can be um, something that could be scary. And that is why I say it's very important to note that. So moving on, um, there were some pictures taken of Tamala from that evening. I'll include those in the Instagram post. And in the photos, she was smiling. She seemed to be having a good time. And from what everyone said, who was at the party, even though a lot of their stories were inconsistent. One thing that was consistent is that Tamla did have a wonderful time, that she was having a very, 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 very good time. Um, They said that she was in very good spirits, being very social and just being her normal self. Like I said, Tamla was a very bubbly person. She was kind. She had a smile that would light up a room. And everyone said that that is exactly how she was acting at the party. So everyone who was at the party said that they all went to bed kind of early and that Tamla was still up and said that she was going to the deck to smoke and that was the last time that anyone saw Tamla alive. What happened next is still up for debate and honestly a mystery for everyone. On November 4th at approximately 09 in the morning a 911 call was made by a man named Jose Barrera. Now Jose Barrera was Jan Meyer's boyfriend so Jan Meyer's again the homeowner and he stated that there was a woman lying on the grass and that she was not moving she is not breathing and he also said that she had a cut that he believed to be self-inflicted on her wrist. That woman was Tamla Harsford. Now, I'm going to pause right there. I do think that's very suspicious thing to say. I don't know. I, maybe it's just me. If I was to walk out onto my lawn and find someone who I was just partying with the night before dead and unresponsive face down in my yard... I don't think the self-inflicted on her wrist is something I'm going to add to to my police call. I'm going to say, please get here and help this person right away. Although the only visible injuries that police saw at first were a broken wrist and cuts on her shins, the final autopsy report indicated blunt force injuries, including a broken neck, a subdural hematoma, and a torn heart muscle. So although those injuries, according to the police report, are inconsistent with a ground-level fall, the police claim that they are consistent with a fall off of the deck. And the deck was approximately 16 to 18 feet. I say 16 to 18 because online I saw conflicting reports, but everything was either 16 or 18, somewhere in between. The Forsyth County Sheriff's Office has released the investigative report and declared that the horse for the case would be closed but her family retained a lawyer and they want answers social media users are really what got this case out there um people like shaka bars i'll leave his instagram below uh, i just want to state though he's not for everybody um but he might be your cup of tea but he is one of the people who i saw really pushing this out there and that is just 
the whole reason why I wanted to start Cases of Color in the first place and the whole reason why I heard about this case. And I promised myself that when I launched my podcast that I would make sure I talked about Tamla Horsford and get her story out to more people because this shit is suspicious. It just is. It, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to what they were saying. So the family, again, in their search for answers, they wanted their own private medical examiner who determined that there were a lot more injuries on Tamla's body and that it is very improbable that she sustained all of those injuries from a single fall, even from about 16 feet up. So let's get into some of the things they said about Tamla. They said that Tamla had a lot of alcohol, some THC, which comes from weed, if you don't know, marijuana for you bougie folks, and Xanax. And they said that that rendered her to accidentally fall 15 feet to her death while attempting to stand on a propane tank while trying to smoke a cigarette before bed. I'm going to cuss. What the fuck, man? Like, are you shitting? Are you kidding me right now? You've got to be kidding me right now. Because while standing on a... Why would any? Why would you need to stand on a propane tank to smoke a cigarette when you're on a deck? When you're already outside? Questions questions because none of this makes any sense and let's talk a little bit about Forsyth County's history because Forsyth County has a very nasty history a notoriously racist history back in the 80s Oprah did a show in Forsyth County and she actually talked to white people and black people in Forsyth County and there was a lot of racial tension in that room between people who were talking about, you know, black people and people of color in in Forsyth County, a lot of racial discord just as early as the 80s. And that's another thing I really want to talk about. People love to talk about racism as if it is old. Racism is not old. Perspective. My mother is 58 and she was alive during the times of you can only drink from this water fountain, people being racist at school and things of that nature. Like my own mother remembers that. This is not a new thing. And people have carried on racism into this day. So it is hard for me to believe this pretty much improbable story. So that is literally all the information that we have on Tamla's death. And I'm just gonna say it, in my opinion, Tamla's murder. But I do have some theories and I want to get into some information um, for all of you. So one thing that I mentioned in the beginning is that Jose Barrera contacted the police around nine o'clock in the morning. But here is the gag. OK, the gag is that the homeowner's aunt came home at 730 in the morning and she immediately told Jeanne and Jose that this woman was laying unresponsive in the front yard this happened at 7 30 i want to know what happened in that 90 minute block because these women at this party are acting very innocent so you mean to tell me that you found out that your friend and i say that with air quotes your friend was laying unresponsive in your backyard face down in the grass and no one absolutely no one thought to immediately come to her aid 
To me, there is nothing more suspicious than that part right there. If these women are so innocent as they claim, why is it that your first response was not to one, immediately call somebody, two, go out there and go investigate and see what was wrong with your friend? How did no one notice that she was missing all night at this adult sleepover? If anyone came to my house, I promise you, if I found out that they were unresponsive in my backyard, the only thing that's going to keep me from calling the police is me responding to them, trying to assess their injuries and what is wrong. And to me, that is one of the biggest, the biggest points of suspicion because it does not make any sense for them to do what they did. Another thing, let's talk about Jose Barrera because I'm going to get into my theory on what I personally believe happened. Jose Barrera who is the one who called, he is the homeowner's boyfriend. He actually got in trouble. So he worked in Forsyth County Courts and he illegally accessed files from the incident report and for Horsford's friend, Michelle Grave. Michelle Graves was one of Tamla's more outspoken friends. She was not at the sleepover, but she was very adamant that some foul play happened and that something bad happened to her friend and that it was not an accident, that it was a murder. And what he did is he accessed an incident report for the case that he was involved in, i.e. Tamla Horsford's death or murder, in my opinion. But he also accessed Michelle Graves' personal information and was kind of putting her in danger and she says that he accessed information on her and her family and he was ultimately fired for that and it's just very suspicious suspicious to me why would you need to access files for a case that you're involved in if you didn't do anything wrong if you didn't do anything wrong why would you then illegally look up case files for something that you are involved in? Why would you want to go get her friend's personal information? What benefit would that give to you? Make it make sense. Another thing that I did not like about this case and that the police went out of their way to express, talked about her blood alcohol level was 0.23 and how she had both Xanax and THC in her system. The police report indicates that she had both rolling papers and marijuana in the bag that she brought to the house. According to Georgia law, Horsford's blood alcohol level, if she was in the area of 120 pounds, is considered legally drunk. So she was legally drunk, so had probably about six drinks drinks all right and then um took a xanax allegedly and had thc in her system number one and maybe this is just me this is just my opinion but i don't think there's anything wrong with anyone smoking weed if you want to smoke weed people smoke it for mental health reasons people smoke it for recreational reasons i do not see the problem in a grown-ass adult smoking weed and I don't like how they tried to demonize this woman for smoking weed. Additionally, when I watch these housewife shows, when I see these movies where they're depicting richer white women, upstanding white women, they're always making jokes about these women taking Prozac, Xanax, and other things to, you know, relax and get a little high or whatever the case may be. And it goes back to what I said last week in the Rico Harris episode, which if you didn't listen to that, please go listen. But the whole demon demonizing of black people by bringing up them smoking weed. It even makes me think of Philando Castile, how they justified shooting a legal gun owner with no warrants, nothing but a taillight out by saying, oh, well, he was smoking weed, so he must not have cared about his child. Are you kidding me? This whole releasing of information that is to make the victim look negative. Let me ask you a question. What is wrong with getting drunk if you are at home? 
What is wrong with getting drunk if you are in a protected space? You're not driving. You plan on staying there. Anyone who drinks alcohol, can you honestly say that you've never gotten drunk? Because trying to demonize this woman and use this as a as a plausible cause, I really do have a problem with that. I can't lie. I do and I don't like it. Because when stuff like that, this happens to people who aren't people of color, who aren't black people, the narrative is completely different. The taking of pills, the taking of psych meds is looked at completely different. I, I do not like that this is one of the main things that I found multiple times. I do not like it. They declared Tamla Horsford's case as closed. And it's really sad because something that her husband said, he said, I want the truth of what's going on. Because I mean, the stories I've heard so far, none of them make sense. And if they don't make sense, Usually there's a reason they don't make sense. And something that the homeowner's attorney released, which was really rich, I'll only read a few pieces, but, you know, he basically tried to play up the death of Tamla and saying, you know, all the guests, they haven't got to mourn her. Her family hasn't got to mourn her. Don't believe what you see on social media. You know, let people properly grieve the death of their loved one. Each person who was present has cooperated completely. Yada, 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 yada. I do not trust this. Something about it doesn't feel right. Something to note, and you can ask any police officer, you can Google it, but something to note is that Whenever someone drinks or is intoxicated anyways, even when someone is asleep, all right, if somebody who is asleep or seriously drunk or high gets into a car accident, all right, they are actually more likely to survive or sustain less injuries. Reason being is because when you're not conscious and you're not able to jump or jerk or tense up the way we do when we get scared, your body is completely relaxed. So I just don't see how that 15 foot jump would have would have killed her. I, it doesn't make any sense to me, especially with some, without a broken neck or any other things like that. I just don't see how that could happen. Additionally, I personally, I grew up in the country, you guys. I grew up jumping off of dog houses, jumping off the roof, all types of stuff. I'm not saying I jumped from like no 20 feet or above. I can guarantee you I didn't jump from about 15 feet. Granted, I was young. I was conscious. I was not um, intoxicated in any way, shape or form. But nevertheless, I jumped from it and I survived. I've even fallen and had a pretty good knot on the head. My mom had to make sure I didn't have a concussion. But nevertheless, I was fine. The probability of this woman falling off a deck and then just dying without having hit an object on the way down, without having landed head first, having blunt trauma to the head specifically, it's very improbable to me that she died that way. Or even that she wasn't able to move, that she still wasn't conscious. I could see her being hurt from falling, but dead? That doesn't make any sense. Also, with the, bl- with the blood, talking about this quote-unquote self-inflicted wound to the wrist, there was no pool of blood. For someone to cut themselves across that artery like that, there was no pool of blood. There was no blood on the deck. There was no blood on the ground. So nothing pulled out as she hit the ground. So where's this blood from the self-inflicted wound? What did she use to cut herself? Why would that item not be found? Why would there not be blood all over her if it was a self-inflicted wound? Something happened to this woman in that house, and I don't know what it is, but those people are going to have to live with that. This is my personal opinion on what 
happened to Tamla. This is what I think happened to her. So let me break it down. I personally think that Tamla went to this party. I think that there may have been an altercation of some sort with the men at the party. Um, I think maybe even possibly Jose Barrera maybe tried to make a move on Tamla. This is, again, my opinion, my theory personally. I think Jose Barrera maybe tried to make a move on Tamla. And I think that, of course, she probably said no and didn't want to. And I think from there, some type of violence ensued. Either him hitting her or getting so upset, maybe she tried to fight him off. Maybe she tried to threaten him with a sharp object, and that's how her wrist ended up slit. And then after whatever happened, he could have choked her. Someone could have strangled her. They threw her off the deck and left her there to be found the next day. I do not believe that every single person who was at the home was involved. I do believe that some of them were probably asleep. Some of them probably have absolutely no idea what happened to Tamla. Nevertheless, I think there was some type of altercation that ensued. I think she got the cut on her wrist at, as a form of a defensive type of wound, i.e. putting her arm up to make sure she didn't get cut in some other way. And I think she was tossed off of that balcony to make it look like that's how she died. Maybe someone strangled her. Maybe someone hit her upside the head and that took her out. So throwing her off the deck was the more probable thing because what do you do? Maybe it had nothing to do with Jose Barrera. My opinion, my theory, maybe her and some other girls were messing around. They were arguing. Maybe someone pushed Tamla and Tamla hit her head so hard that she started to pass out or that maybe she died. And maybe the only way for those women to cover it up was to throw Tamla off the deck and make it look like she fell and everyone say they're going to sleep. Because another thing I want to add, when you go to a sleepover, normally people stay up. People don't just go to sleep at these sleepovers. Like people stay up, they have fun, they have a good time. Why would everybody all of a sudden just go to bed so early? Why would everybody all of a sudden go to bed around 11-ish, midnight or whatever? Because of course they can't get their story straight. Why? Why would that happen? Additionally, there were some inconsistent reads on the security system that GM Myers had in the house. Uh, some double entries for like 140 and then the door opening again at 120. And someone mentioned that it was daylight savings time. And that's why the inconsistencies in time were there. But nevertheless, then that would mean that she went outside at 140 and the door didn't open again until 220. So what happened in that 40 minute span of time where she was outside and never came back inside? Also, who opened the door? to come back inside. Someone was out there with her. That is my theory. Someone was out there with her and something bad happened to this woman. That wraps up the case of Tamla Horsford. Again, there are not a lot of details because the family is being very mums the word and it is on me to respect that, but also on me to report on what is out there because I do think this case is important and I think this case needs a lot more attention. I want to thank you all for listening to Cases of Color, continuing to listen to Cases of Color. Thank you for all of you who are new followers. Thank you for all of you who have shared the page, shared my Instagram post, put it on your Instagram story. I think I might do a giveaway. 
um, with some cases of color merch. So be on the lookout for that because any little funding you guys give me all goes back into the podcast. It's all about the podcast. So when that drops, that will definitely be on my Instagram for sure. Be sure to follow Cases of Color on Instagram at Cases of Color and on Twitter at Cases of Color. Down below, I will leave some contact and tip info for the family. There's also a GoFundMe for the family. It got put out, but it didn't even make very much money. Please remember that this woman left behind a husband and five children, five sons that are missing their mother. They're active, loving, kind, bubbly personality, smile that could light up a room, mother. All right. Any of you out there, if you're a black woman, you could be Tamla Horsford, you could be in a situation where you are the only one and someone takes advantage of that. Be careful out there. Be careful who you spend your time around. Be careful who you get drunk around. Be careful who you are around because it could literally cost you your life. I wish you all nothing but the best and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you.